0: This is Jim. Welcome to another episode of Kitchen Table Adulting. Today we are discussing free medical clinics and we have Joanne Jones from the Bradley Free Clinic here in Roanoke, Virginia. Hi, Joanne.
1: Good morning, Jim. How are you?
0: Good, thank you. Okay, so, and I'd like to tell the audience that obviously plenty of you do not live in Roanoke, Virginia, but you can still gain knowledge from this podcast because there should hopefully be a similar facility in your area. So this will make you aware of that and you'll know what questions to ask when you identify the clinic that is available to you. So that being said, let's start with uh, the Bradley Free Clinic. So Joanne, who, who do you serve? Who's eligible to use the clinic?
1: All right, thank you, Jim. Eligible for the clinic in Roanoke, Virginia, or is anyone whose income is at or below 300% of the federal poverty level? So truly, our we don't have a geographic limitation. If you can get to us and you meet our income screen, then you are eligible for our services, all of which are free. Now, in order to access the services you do need to come in or excuse me probably not used to be come in now it's online at www.bradleyfreeclinic.com ours are eligibility forms and that would require just proof of income photo id so that we know who you are and um, proof of federal tax filings and if you haven't filed a tax return in the previous year then we have a a form that you can sign to state why you didn't do that, but it's all income related. Is the simple answer to your uh, question.
0: Gotcha. You. And, and, and as I recall, sometime last year I was actually looking up the federal poverty guidelines, and I think for a single adult it's a pretty low income of something like twelve or thirteen thousand a year.
1: Uh, well, I I turn it into if you make eighteen dollars or less an hour. I think that sometimes helps people grasp what that means.
0: So okay. All right. So for a
1: single person, yeah, eighteen, and then obviously for a family of four, it changes, and so.
0: But yes. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then on your website, there is reference to insured versus underinsured. What are What are we talking about? Okay, perfect.
1: Talking about? Well, obviously uninsured, we all understand you don't have insurance through um, your work or you're not working. Underinsured is referring to those folks who have an insurance policy, but the attachment point is so high. They bought it for some kind of catastrophic condition. Oh my God, if they had cancer and they would have to pay for cancer treatment. And lots of times the deductibles on those policies are five and $10,000. Well, if you're making less than $18 an hour, you probably can't, You don't have the discretionary income to spend $10,000 before your insurance coverage kicks in. So underinsured is referring to folks that may have some kind of insurance policy, but it's not going to help with the necessary preventative and sort of acute care that comes from colds and flus and that kind of illness.
0: Absolutely. And, and for the audience, so um, I'm going to do an entire podcast one day about health insurance terminology, but <laughs> most, most health insurance policies have what's called a deductible. And that's basically the money you pay before insurance starts paying. And a lot of independent insurance policies have high deductibles that could be as much as four or $5,000 that come out mm-hmm. of your pocket first before the insurance starts paying. So what we're talking about here is if somebody had one of these higher deductible plans, they could still come to a free clinic and be yes. seen.
1: Yes, they could. Again, as long as they meet the income yeah. screens that we're talking about. So that becomes the the bottom line piece. But don't assume that just because you have insurance that you're not eligible. Okay. And I would say that, could I offer too, since you've made a comment that these are um You know, your listeners are all over and not just here in Roanoke. You know, do check with the clinic close by you and see what they use for criteria because it is different. We are we are associated in that we all talk to each other, but we set up different eligibility criteria for our services.
0: Gotcha. And so do you do you actually bill any insurances?
1: Actually, we do not now. Um, So, I'll have to answer the question in this way is that we do accept Medicaid Um, that Virginia opened up Medicaid in broadened our Medicaid coverage in January of 2019 at which point in time many of our patients left us because they now had insurance they were Medicaid insured but we found out that they couldn't find a medical home so in spring of last year we began accepting medicaid patients so if you have medicaid you can still be a patient here at bradley Um, and we could bill medicaid but we do not at this time but eventually we may start doing that.
0: Gotcha. And how's it, that
1: for a circuitous answer but yeah. that is the way it is
0: <laughs> okay and and for the audience um so the federal government has two insurance programs medicare and medicaid medicare is for people 65 and over and so since my podcast is for young adults that's not you <laughs> medicaid is for people of, of a very low income threshold and i believe it's up to 125 percent of the federal poverty level. So
1: close, 138.
0: But 130, yeah. Okay, now that, right. that does ring a bell. So you're mm-hmm. talking about a single adult probably making less than 17,000 a year yes. would be eligible for Medicaid, and that, that's where we have this gap. That if you get north of that in income, ballpark here, we're talking like. From 17,000 up to 30,000, you're probably in this ballpark of either not having insurance or maybe your work offers a high deductible. And thus, places like the Bradley Free Clinic are uh, for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So, you actually answered that question already. So, getting back to my hopefully national audience,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how common is having a clinic like Bradley Free Clinic?
1: They are. Out and about. I mean, they're they're in rural communities. They're in southwestern Virginia as well. Um, I th- there are probably. I wish I knew this answer, Jim. I'm sorry. I should have done the research before oh, this okay. call. Um, how many there are? Um, you know, in Virginia, let's say that there are there are 30 to 35 throughout the state of Virginia. So most uh, metro areas, you're going to find one. You're going to find okay. someone. Now, what you will find different among them is is they may not all have the same depth and breadth of service.
0: Absolutely. And, and, you know, if you're listening and you live in California or Texas, you're going to need to start with Google free clinic near me and call and see what services they offer and and whether or not you qualify based on income. But at least this, the information in this podcast will make you more knowledgeable as you search. So let me ask you: um, When you hear the term "free clinic," do you have do people have a little bit of a stigma or hang up about coming to a free clinic?
1: I think sadly they do, which we would love to disabuse them of that fear. Because in our case in Bradley, you are being treated by volunteer physicians and providers that are out in the community doing fee-for-service work, and they're just generous and volunteers and come and work with our patients at, at clinic times. And you are getting the highest quality care that's available in your area. And so don't let this whole concept that it be free means that it's lesser quality. It's not lesser quality. It is the same quality of care that is being delivered in your community, in other venues. They just happen to be oftentimes volunteers who want to help those that are struggling with health care and this is how they give back to
0: the community absolutely that so for the audience that means that if you go see a primary care physician at a free clinic he or she works three miles down the road at an expensive clinic as well so correct okay yes now you we, you were about to say something
1: Well, i was going to say we also have paid providers here now but that doesn't mean that they are not quality paid providers we we pride ourselves on the quality that we are able to provide to our patients free of charge Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: please do not think that just because it says free that it is of lesser quality
0: absolutely now actually getting uh let's let's peel back the the term free here how are you funded
1: Ah, good question. We are funded in several ways. Uh, donations from individuals, from corporations. Uh, I do an awful lot of grant writing to find the resources to help the, the clinic stay going. Uh, we have state and regional funding. So there's all, there's multiple sources that support this clinic and support our efforts. And, yeah, it's just it's a constant challenge to raise the money, but our donors are very generous because they understand the good that we are doing in the community. And a healthy community is a much safer community. And so we want to contribute to just the general positivity of our community by taking care of those who need.
0: Absolutely, and healthcare. that, and that uh, is a segue into my next question because I know how this helps save costs. Um, mm-hmm. When should somebody come to your clinic versus the emergency room? I know there's a lot of talk about how some people without insurance are using an emergency room as their primary care.
1: And that is the most expensive way to get primary care and they should not be doing that. They should go to an emergency room when they truly have an emergent situation. I think they're having a heart attack, a stroke, You know, just because you've let, uh, you know, a sore throat or um, sinus infection go on for a week and a half and you're feeling miserable, you know, still, that's why develop a relationship with the free clinic so you can, we can be your doctor's office. We can help you when the initial acute symptoms come about. And then you're not going to be clogging up the local emergency room for what is an you know, it may be urgent and uncomfortable to you, but it's not truly an emergent situation. So I would encourage your listeners to, you know, if they know they're in this situation that they don't have health insurance, they don't have a relationship with the primary care physician that they can you know, pay for out of pocket, then, you know, find your local free clinic, establish that relationship. So when you wake up Monday morning with that horrible sore throat or that, <laughs> terrible digestive discomfort that you've got a place to go and you can take care of it through your clinic versus having to go to the emergency room or the urgent care facility for expensive yes. primary
0: care. Absolutely. And and as we say, establish a relationship, usually that starts with uh, just a physical mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. annual physical is the term I've always used. Mm-hmm. And do you encourage people who are otherwise healthy to come in for that?
1: Certainly, certainly, there are all kinds of screenings that need to happen um, with women's health. There's all kinds of annual women's exams that should be happening. You know, again, develop their relationship. Don't let this part of your healthcare languish until something becomes acute, and then you're dealing with something that's that could have been prevented if you had dealt with your annual physical and
0: absolutely in that way. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to, to the audience, um, especially because this podcast is geared towards young people who typically are very healthy. You might think uh, nothing wrong with me. I don't need to go to a doctor, but the idea behind an annual physical is that you just check in when you are healthy and you meet the staff and they start a chart in your name, ask you some questions, maybe run some blood work Mm -hmm. and there's a baseline for what a healthy youth looks like. So that when you do go in with a high fever or sore throat or something else, they can benchmark against that and they already know who you are. So it it is a very good thing to go ahead and start that relationship with a clinic before before you really need it.
1: I can't agree more. And particularly, too, I mean, that doesn't also mean, you know, you're you're a product of your genetics and you may think you're young and healthy, but there could be something going on that's going to be discovered in a physical that you might need to watch as you grow older and you age. And so it's always good to figure out where you are at this healthy point in your life.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Now, I think you alluded to this, but I will ask again, does free really mean free?
1: Yes, in our case, free really means free. Uh, You at Bradley Free Clinic, if you are a patient of ours, you get um, medical services, dental services, behavioral health services, pharmaceuticals, all for free offer the only time that you are asked to pay is if you miss an appointment and so in order to encourage people to meet their commitments to showing up there is a five dollar no show fee so if you you know yeah if you just don't show up then we ask you to do that um but we're we would never turn you away if you couldn't even pay that five dollar fee we still provide you all of the services for free Uh, for
0: you I will jump in and explain to the audience. Don't ever flake completely on a medical appointment. At least get on the phone and call mm-hmm. and say, "I'm sorry, something came up. I'm not coming." Because mm-hmm. if they know you're not coming, they can give that slot away to somebody else. So Precisely. Thank uh, you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I fully understand what you mean there. Okay, now let's discuss the services that you have, and I'm mm-hmm. going off your website. Obviously, okay. there's primary medical care, which mm-hmm. would. Uh, family medicine, general practitioner, internal medicine are all three terms used for that. Correct. Okay. And that for a lot of people that would be, you know, you get, you could get an annual physical or you just come in when you're not feeling well. And then you offer mental health services. Let's talk a lot about this. Because, yeah. So I just to set the tone here, a, a lot of people in my audience physically, because you're young, you feel good, but maybe there's a mental health issue that you need to have addressed. Mm
1: -hmm. So we have a a fully integrated behavioral health program, which means that we offer counseling for whatever. Well, first there'd be an assessment. So if you came as a patient, you would be assessed and you would tell us what your concerns are. We would assess and then decide what is the best way to treat you. Um, We offer counseling um, and medication management so if if your practitioner decides that you also need some drugs to help you find that you know for the depression or the anxiety or whatever the chief complaint is we offer that and then you are you know monitored through that piece and we also have as part of our integrated. Uh, behavioral health program, the HOPE initiative is part of Bradley, which helps folks with substance use disorder. So we have peer recovery specialists on staff here that will also help you navigate um, recovery services if that is part of where your issue has taken you. So, So big breadth of, and I will tell you, we have seen an exponential growth in that service since the onset of COVID. I can't begin to tell you how many, and I, I don't know that I know the age cohort that is showing up. Yeah. I think it's all across the range, but, you know, COVID has taken its toll on folks mentally, oh, and oh, we are gosh. seeing
0: that. Myself included. I, I made it to, I had previously done uh, antidepressants for anxiety and depression, and I wasn't on them, and with COVID, I made it to mid-July, <laughs> and then I said, yeah. okay, it's time because I do not feel right, and uh, I, I will tell the audience that I, two months in, I feel much better. So yeah,
1: hats off for acknowledging that and being willing to take the step to deal with it. Because you know this whole issue about not handling mental health is is also yes impactful absolutely. to the community and impactful to yourself.
0: Yeah, I need to I need to do an entire show about mental health issues because. Um, it's it's hard enough living with them it's really hard living with someone who has them and does not seek treatment mm. that is, that is oh, yeah. a yeah topic mm-hmm. okay and then back at the clinic you also mm-hmm. have dental services
1: yes now thank you for getting me back on track okay. <laughs> yes we do have we have dental services we do uh restorations which are fillings we do extractions if heaven forbid you haven't taken care of your teeth and now one needs to come out and we do cleanings as well, that we don't have as much staff to support the cleaning piece, but we do take care of the, the restorations and um, extractions.
0: Gotcha.
1: And relationships in the community if you need more. And also in terms of, and this might be where your next question is going, but if you need a specialist, if you need a specialist from a medical side or you need a specialist from a dental side, Um, On the medical side, we actually have specialists that do come in and do services here. They're not as frequent as the the primary care, but we have cardiologists and orthopods and uh, gastroenterologists that, sorry, I was going to get a little casual there, gastroenterologists that come periodically and we'll, we'll see you here, but we also have referrals out into the community if your needs are separate from that, as true with dental specialists as well.
0: Yes, actually. So I I did have uh, outside referrals on my question list, but for the audience, because I'm I'm trying to think back to when I was 19, I didn't know this kind of thing. (laughs) And I I am actually going to do an entire episode on what, what doctors do what. But usually when you go to any doctor's office or clinic, you're going to see a primary care specialist. And if they feel it's necessary, they refer you to a specialist, two examples. Cardiologist is issues with your heart. Orthopedics is muscles and joints. If you uh, tear a ligament, break your leg, you're going to an orthopedic uh, doctor who may or may not be a surgeon. Um, so that's what we mean by referring to specialists. And even though I, you know, I'm I'm in my mid 40s and I know a decent bit about healthcare, I can't name them all. So. Yeah. So the reason we have the primary care doctor is so that you you go to one point of contact and he or she then refers you to the right person. Okay, and then to circle back to the services offered, there's eye care available?
1: Yes, uh, periodically we have an optometrist and an ophthalmologist who will come in once or twice a month. So again, those are very specialized dates. And we need to fit you in. But yes, we have a full eye exam room here. So they can do that vision check and figure out you know, if your vision is blurry, what's going on. And, and we will also help you secure glasses if glasses is the answer to your issue. So yes, eye care is part of what we offer here mm-hmm. as well.
0: And you have an on-site pharmacy.
1: Yes, we do. We have an on-site pharmacy, yes. Uh, uh, full service, full service pharmacy, everything, uh, all the pharmaceutical. And we do have a, a specific set of, to use the medical term, formulary. I mean, we prescribe certain types of drugs, but if what the doctor says you need is not in our set of drugs, then we help you secure that wherever, again, for free, though we do not... Um, do any um, uh, opioids, pain kind of drugs here. You're not going to get that here.
0: Um, So Understandable. Yeah. That's a a different caliber caliber of pharmaceutical, the Mm painkillers. Okay. But that's good to know because Mm -hmm. the, so the pharmaceuticals could be something as simple as antibiotics, or it could be antidepressants, Mm -hmm. or maybe a blood pressure medication, blood thinner, a lot of routine stuff. Now to segue into what is probably the biggest topic um, for the, the young population, women's health. You alluded yes. to it earlier, but mm-hmm. let's take this from the perspective of somebody who didn't get a proper education of what women's health really means.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What, do, what do you want young women to know in terms of the routine exams? and?
1: Well, that they, they need to have an annual exam for... Um, gynecological health, breast health, you know, they need to come meet with a practitioner to assess and decide what, what their contraceptive needs may be, what issues are going on. So we encourage them to make that appointment, to come in, to take responsibility for their health. And and so we can help them move along that continuum and hopefully prevent Un- unwanted pregnancies, if that's the issue, take care of any kind of sexually transmitted disease, if that's the issue. Yep. But, you know, we're here to help young women and young and all women take care of their health yeah. needs.
0: So you, you provide birth control prescriptions? Yes. Okay. And let me just say on, on that topic or to anyone, including guys out there, Sometimes medical issues are uncomfortable to talk about, and depending on your background and how you grew up, maybe even the idea of a women's health exam is not something you're comfortable with. So even if that's the case, call and ask to have a, an annual physical just to talk to a doctor. And then when you're there in the room with him or her, you can then, you know, they're going to ask you, but don't, don't hesitate to call, even if it's an uncomfortable topic for you to bring up.
1: Mm-hmm. You would agree? Great. I agree
0: absolutely just call find a way to reach out Correct. okay
1: take responsibility for yourself
0: yes absolutely okay so we did actually get through the questions I had is there anything else you that you when you think of like here's what I really really want young adults to think about with healthcare? is there any other anything else you'd like to include
1: that there's anything else, I would just like to underscore that now is the time to take responsibility for this so that you don't turn around in your late 30s or early 40s and find out that you missed something. You know, the other thing that I would offer is that you know, diabetes is also a, a heavily increasing disease among all, the full population and the way that we eat. Is not helping that be a better situation. So you know, and that's also a hidden kind of. I don't think it. It doesn't come with all these bells and whistles like a. Um, oh, I don't know you know, no chest pain, you know, no respiratory conditions, but all of a sudden you can find out that you've got something going on that's been going on for a while that has some deep ramifications. So just would underscore, it's good to get uh, get an assessment and get a baseline, find out what's going on with you. And, you know, and if you can learn to do this at this age, then it will become a lot more comfortable for you as you grow older and you need the healthcare system more.
0: Uh, and as, as somebody in my mid forties, I can guarantee you that is going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It does. And I can remember now. Obviously, I'm going to give away that I'm not. I'm not of your cohort. I am older, and you know, I wasn't always keen to do it, but I recognized the need for it, and so I found my way there. You know, maybe I didn't do it annually, but at least I did it on a regular basis. And that's the important, the regularity is the importance. Don't wait until all of a sudden you don't understand symptoms and you have let them go on for a while.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Well, that covers my questions about the clinic. However, I do finish all of my podcasts by asking my guests one other question, and this is uh, in the spectrum of all things in adult life, be it money, relationships, jobs, whatever. Here's my question, Joanne. What is something about adult life that you wish you had figured out before you turned 25?
1: Oh, interesting. Seeing you, you listeners will say he surprised me with this when he didn't let me think about this. before.
0: There's a reason for that.
1: <laughs> um, I think it would be that, you know... And do now what you want to do. Um, I wish that I had been more exploratory when I was under 25, that I had gone off and taken that gap year and gone and done something that would have broadened my experiences. And then there's always, there is time to be an adult. And if you are of adult age, you still need to make a responsible decision, but I wished I'd been a little more exploratory prior to 25.
0: Oh, that's a that's a great answer because I, I will tell folks that the 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 grind will be there the rest of your life. It will <laughs> so, be. So if you can take some chances when when you're young and then you know adulthood will be there waiting for you. So
1: yes, reasonable chances. I want to make sure that I'm not advocating for reckless just cash it all in and run. But there are so many things that you can do when you are if assuming you are unattached to a you know a firm career path oh, just this yes.
0: And, do, be- do some, and before do you have kids.
1: yes before you have children yes 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 because yes. that shuts that whole operation down <laughs>
0: absolutely well Joanne this has been very helpful so I appreciate thank your you. time very much and I and very much as a member of the community appreciate what the Bradley Free Clinic does for Roanoke
1: oh, well thank you very much thanks for the invitation to educate about free clinics we are out there to serve and I hope that all of your listeners if this fits your need, we'll do some research and find the one because they're, they're all led by great people who want to help their
0: communities be better. Perfect. Thank you. That concludes today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any follow-up questions, you can email me at askjimkta at gmail.com or for more information, check out kitchentableadulting.com.